welcome to episode 56 of Everything Under the Sun, a weekly podcast answering all the most pressing questions children around the world have about life on Earth. My name is Molly and today I have three questions for you. One is about comedians. (laughs) Another is about ducklings. And the third comes from Martha and Heidi, who sent me a photo of something they found out on their run and wanted to know what it was. I know a lot of you listening are at home at the moment. School is finished for a while and we're not supposed to be playing with friends or doing a lot of the things we used to do. But hopefully it won't last too long. So I hope you're all making the best of it and finding new ways to have fun at home. Thanks so much for listening to Everything Under the Sun and sending in all of your questions. If you like the podcast, hearing children's voices from around the world and learning new things, do send the link to the podcast to your friends or ask your mum or dad to send it on. You could all chat about the facts you found out and send your friends the episodes you think they'd like best. How about sending the one about whether koalas get bored eating eucalyptus leaves? Why roses have thorns? Where do ideas come from? Why do flamingos stand on one leg? Or even the very first question I answered, can blue whales talk to killer whales? I think there'll be lots of children who'd like to hear each other's voices right now. So thank you for sharing it with your friends. Now, our first question is about the people who make a job out of making people laugh. They're called comedians. The question comes from Tommy. Over to Tommy. My name is Tommy and I'm six. I like playing rugby and... My question is, who was the first comedian? Hi, Tommy. Thank you for sending me another excellent question. I thought I wanted to get someone who knows all about comedy to answer this one. So I called my friend Dan Schreiber, who I met when we both wrote questions and answers for the TV show QI. He now hosts a podcast called No Such Thing As A Fish, which you or your parents might love. It's very funny and Dan loves comedy, so over to Dan. Hi, Tommy. What a great and impossible question to answer. Who was the first comedian? We have no idea. Jokes have been told for as long as humans could speak, probably even before we could speak. Who knows, back in history there might have been during the cave periods, the great Mr. Bean of his time, falling over rocks and tripping into mammoths. But we'll sadly never know. The earliest joke that we have on record was told over 4,000 years ago. It was a Sumerian joke from roughly 1,900 BC. Now, I won't tell the joke here because I don't fully understand it. However, you will be delighted to know that it was a fart joke. That's right, 4,000 years ago, we were telling fart jokes. So unfortunately, we don't know who that first comedian was who told even that joke. But we do have records of some early comedians Clowns, minstrels, jesters, who've all managed to be recorded in the annals of history. For example, in ancient China, the second Emperor Qin had a jester called Twisty Pole. They had great names in ancient China for their jesters. Twisty Pole, Moving Bucket, Newly Polished Mirror, all very catchy names. Twisty Pole's the most famous of the lot, though. He was famous because he managed to convince the Emperor Qin, who had just built the first Great Wall of China, that he didn't then need to lacquer the whole thing. 
lacquering the whole thing was his big plan so that if the enemy came, they wouldn't be able to climb it because it'd be so slippery. Now, no one wanted to tell him that that was a bad idea, but fortunately, Twisty Pole made a whole joke about it, saying, oh yeah, let's absolutely do that, that's easy enough. Let's just build a big drying room around it so we can make sure that it can dry properly. Now, the idea of building a drying room around it was such a ridiculous notion to the Emperor that not only did he laugh, but he realized the ridiculousness of what he was suggesting, and as a result, it wasn't built, saving thousands of lives that would have been lost in the process of the building. Twisty Pole is a hero, if you look further down into the 12th century, you've got Roland. Roland was a court minstrel. I'll give his full name. Roland the Farter. That's right. Fart jokes keep on coming. Roland the Farter was an amazing jester. I mean, well, he farted. That was his main thing, and it made the king laugh. He one time was given a big challenge by the king. During Christmas, he was challenged to do a fart while in the air and whistling. One jump, one whistle one fart. He managed to do it, and as a reward, the king gave him a manor with a hundred acres of land. That's how important it was to make the king laugh back then. Go further forward into the 15th century, and we've got Nicholas Ferrile, or Triboulet, as he was known. He was very good because he managed to use his humour to survive an execution that was impending. He managed to accidentally anger the king, and so the king said, I'm going to have you executed. However, I'm going to let you choose how you die. How would you like to choose to die? And the jester said, I choose to die from old age. Now this made the king laugh, and he thought, okay, I'll tell you what, I'm not going to kill you, I'll just banish you instead. So, jokes, even back then, were helping people to survive. And so, by being funny, he managed to get out of trouble. Let's fast forward now to the 19th century. In 1807, there was a man who was huge on the stage in London called Joseph Grimaldi. Now, if we were looking for an example of an early comedian, Grimaldi might be the example of the modern early comedian. He was someone who suddenly separated himself from the pack of comics and became a personality, hugely famous in his day. Charles Dickens was a big fan, and in fact, under the name Boz, he wrote the autobiography of Grimaldi. It's the first Charles Dickens book ever written. He was also loved by Lord Byron and William Hazlitt, who was a big name back in the day. This was a huge celebrity. He was like Mr. Tumble of his day. He would go on stage and he would be absolutely brilliant. In fact, he was said to be so funny that there was a man once in his crowd who was both deaf and couldn't speak, but he found Grimaldi's moves so funny on stage that suddenly he regained the power of speech. He was heard to cry out, what a damned funny fellow! Now this is probably apocryphal, as many stories about Grimaldi are. You may, as you're growing older, hear a few stories about a clown that once went to see a doctor because he was feeling so sad. And the doctor said, you know what will cure your sadness? You should go see the great Grimaldi. And the patient seeing the doctor said, but I am Grimaldi. And that's a story that is probably not true, but is as famous, perhaps more famous, than the material of Grimaldi himself. Then we move forward to the modern day stand-up comedian. Who is that? In England, there were people like Ken Dodd and Morecambe and Wise. Ken Dodd was a good example of someone. He was a comedian who went on stage and would stay there for hours. He was famous for it, even right up until the year that he died, which was only in 2018, last year. He was still on stage, going around the country, doing performances that were as long as three and a half hours. 
He had a Guinness World Record at one point for the most jokes told. He was a phenomenal comedian. They used to have to kick him off stage. They even put the iron curtain that you see when you go to theaters, that big iron curtain would slam down and he would jump in front of it before it did so he could continue to tell his jokes. There are plenty of amazing comedians that you should be checking out if you want to know who the first comedian was, because I think the first comedian truly is actually the comedian that you discover in your life as your first comedian. For me, it was a guy called Jerry Lewis, who was very silly and from America. For you, it might be someone who's on the screen right now, or it might be someone like Charlie Chaplin. I'll tell you who it should be for you, though, Tommy. As you're called Tommy, why not choose the great Tommy Cooper? Tommy Cooper was a magician who always failed in his tricks, never got anything right. He was very, very funny. He used to get out of taxis and he'd go around to the front of the window and he'd put a tip inside the top pocket of the cab driver, tap it and say, have a drink on me. And when the cab driver went in to pick out the money, he was surprised to find there was a tea bag. Have a drink on me. Brilliant. I'll leave you with a Tommy Cooper joke that you can tell at school, maybe. And maybe you'll be the first comedian for someone at your school. Here it is. Tommy Cooper said, I went into a French restaurant and asked the waiter, have you got frog's legs? He said, yes. So I said, well, hop into the kitchen and get me a cheese sandwich. I hope that answers your question, Tommy. I hope that answers your question, Tommy. Thanks so much for answering it, Dan Driver. And now for our second question, which comes from Martha and Heidi. They were out for a run the other day in the woods and came across a giant white blob on a tree. They took some photos of it and sent them to me, which I will put on my Instagram at Molly Oldfield Writes, so you can see the white blob for yourself. Then they asked me this question. Over to Martha and Heidi. Hi, Molly. This is Martha. And Heidi. We live in Glasgow and we hope everyone's doing well in quarantine. But we also hope you're getting enough fresh air. We've sent you some photos and we were wondering, are they photos of spiders' nests? And if so, how does a spider make its nest? Thank you. Bye. Hi, Martha and Heidi. Thanks for sending me your great question. Well, I had a look at the photos you sent me and I wasn't sure what it was. So I asked Paolo from the National Museum of Ireland, who was on last week's podcast, talking about how frogs jump, because he knows all about spiders too. He said, nope, it's not a spider's nest. Then I got in touch with Lee Davies, who looks after a big collection of fungi at Kew Gardens in London. And he said, it's not a mushroom, it's a slime mould. Turns out there are 900 species of slime mold and this one is called the false puffball. Slime molds don't have brains, but they can move around and remember things. Scientists in Australia put them in a U-shaped maze with food they like at the end and the slime molds found their way through the maze to the food. The scientists also saw that the slime molds didn't go back over parts of the maze it had already explored. So slime molds have a memory, even though they have no brain. How amazing is that? Out in the world, they slither over the ground and trunks of fallen trees like the one Martha and Heidi saw to find food. I also asked the Natural History Museum what it might be before I got an answer back from Lee Davies at Kew Gardens. And this is what they had to say. This is Dr Gavin Broad, curator in charge of insects at the Natural History Museum in London. Thank you for sending these great photos. I'm Dr Gavin Broad. I'm the head of the insect collections at the Natural History Museum. And this isn't the first time that somebody has sent me a photo like this because 
This white, papery structure on a tree trunk looks like a wasp nest. It's often mistaken for a wasp nest, or sometimes a spider egg sac, or even a mushroom. It's none of those. In fact, it's a slime mold called a false puffball, or Enteridium lycoperdon. Slime molds are really fascinating organisms, in which they spend a lot of their life as single cells, hunting for other single cells like yeast, which they eat. But every now and again, they come together to form a big mass, such as the one you've seen. This mass forms spores to continue the life cycle. Thank you so much, Dr. Gavin Broad from the Natural History Museum in London. So now you know Martha and Heidi, it's a slime mold, and you know lots about them too. As for the second part of your question, how does a spider make its nest? Well, Paolo from the National Museum of Ireland told me only some spiders sort of build nests. They can be bundles of eggs with a silk cocoon to keep them safe, guarded by mother spiders, or some other spiders attach eggs to their own bodies so she can take them if there's any danger. Other spiders use silk to make nests where they live and wait for things they like to eat to go by so they can catch them in the silk. When something comes close, the strands of silk in their nest move and the spider will know that food is getting closer. Some of these nests are like sacks of silk and some are holes with silk around the outside. There's an interesting spider called a trapdoor spider that digs a burrow and makes a camouflage lid for their nest out of silk, moss and soil to stay hidden and keep their eggs and hatchlings safe. I hope that answers your question, Martha and Heidi, and thanks for sending it in. And now for our third question, which comes from Beatrice, and it's about ducklings. Over to Beatrice. Hello, my name is Beatrice. I'm seven years old. I live in London. My favourite sport is gymnastics. I love art. And my question is, why do ducklings learn how to swim so fast? Thank you. Hi, Bee. Thanks for your great question. Well, you're right. Ducklings do learn to swim quickly. When they hatch out of their eggs, they stay in the nest for only 10 hours before they head out to the water with their mother for their first swimming lesson. They have to learn how to swim quickly because before they know how to swim, it's hard for them to get away from things that want to eat them. This is also why they have to learn to fly quickly too. In the first 10 days after hatching, they're busy practicing swimming and flying. Those are the days they're most likely to be caught by big fish, frogs, snakes, foxes, owls and big birds and gobbled up. So they need to be able to swim quickly to keep themselves safe. They also need to be able to swim quickly as it's when they're out swimming that they eat their food. The ducklings watch their mum and see what she does and then, like her, they eat little insects, tadpoles, plants and grasses in the water. Ducklings who are 10 days or younger swim and walk in a group near their mum so she can scare away things that try to hurt her chicks. They know the sound of their mum's call before they know how to recognise her face because ducklings' hearing is better than their vision. Ducklings do not have oil on their feathers like adult ducks do, so they're not waterproof. So what their mum has to do is she has to spread her own oil on her little ducklings to make them waterproof when they first take to the water and learn to swim. I hope that answers your question, Beatrice. That's it for this week. We've learned all about comedians, slime moulds that can remember things but have no brain, and ducklings learning to swim. A huge thank you to Dan Shriver from No Such Thing as a Fish for talking to us about comedians, Dr Gavin Broad, curator in charge of insects at the Natural History Museum, and of course a big thank you to Martha and Heidi, Tommy and Bee for this week's questions. A big thank you to Ash Gardner at House of Strange for the theme song and audio networks for all the lovely incidental music 
music we use this week. I'll be back next week answering more questions from children around the world in another episode of Everything Under the Sun. Do send in your questions. There's information about how to do that on the show's website, everythingunderthesun.co.uk. I hope you all have a lovely week finding different and interesting things to do when you're at home. And do send everyone a link to this very podcast and ask them to subscribe to the show if they like it. If you get time, you can leave a review and send me a question. Just ask an adult to borrow their smartphone, record yourself saying your name, your age and a bit about yourself and send it in to me at molly at everythingunderthesun.co.uk. Thanks so much, everyone. Sending lots of love for a good week ahead. Thank you and goodbye. <laughs>